0: Ser Benfica, isto é uma crença.
1: É uma religião muito grande. A um culto. A coragem, que é que um, crer, que é vontade, um que é o o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão, é outra explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser Benfica. É de
0: facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É
1: paixão, paixão, paixão.
0: Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Benfica podcast. Episode number 368 is what we are serving up tonight. My name is Alfredo Fumassas. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira da Silva Ferreira, Mendes Antunes Chef. What's happening, my brother? Tudo bem? As long as Benfica wins tomorrow, it'll be tudo bem. Other
2: than that. I don't know. How are you doing, Alfredo? David, how are you doing? Glad to be back here once again on the podcast. I know I started with the Comecaque, but I should have saluted everyone else. Said hello, welcome, like my boy Peter says. And I think Steve used to say good morning, good afternoon, and good night to whoever the hell you wherever the hell you are, whoever's listening. So uh good morning, good afternoon, and good yeah. evening to all you guys.
0: And and fresh from a weekend at the cottage up in the Arctic mountains of Siberia, Canada, Dave de Oliveira. What's happening?
1: Nothing much. uh, Good to be back on. Um, Yeah. I don't know how we're going to break this one down, but uh, it's another rinse, uh, wash, rinse, and repeat uh, (laughs) podcast. So uh, there's your warning for you.
0: That's right. Tonight we will look back on the misery that was that Portimonense game, and we'll look ahead to – Perhaps more misery tomorrow as we record this against Riwav at uh, Vila do Conde at Estádio dos Arques. It's going to be an interesting. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game for Benfica, especially now knowing that Porto dropped two points today uh, at uh, at last place Avs. Uh, of course, Benfica also dropped two points to Port-im-Nins, uh second to last place. Uh, so let's get right into that game. Uh, Vlacodimus in goal, Almeida, Diaz, Jardel, and Grimaldo across the back. Uh, Pizzi, Weigel, Tarab, Servi, Rafa, and Vinicius. Um, Cristiano, we 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 later found out that uh, Gabriel wasn't 100%, but were you at all surprised that he wasn't starting, not, uh, not knowing that he had uh, issues? Somebody has to say.
2: No, I mean, look, we, we saw that Lage was trying to throw something at the wall hoping, you know, it would stick. Uh he had to make a lineup change here and there because we saw the abysmal performance at the start of the lose against Donella the week prior. So someone had to sit. Taropt is a guy that has been playing, whether, you know, you like the guy or not. He's been one of my our uh, most consistent performers uh since day one. And Benfica played well with him and Waigo a couple of times that they played together. So I think he went with those guys that were is go-to guys prior to the break, as we know, Gabriel was hurt. Um, with that, that what was it called, Alfredo? The 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 problem with the eyes or the vision, whatever it was. Um, he was there. He was able to recover due to the fact that we think it was out for what three months or just about three months due, due to the COVID. And I think he just you know, Lars decided to go back and uh, you know, g- g- call on the guys that he uh, that he had called on before, and hoping that they would spark something up.
0: Yeah, and Dave, to be honest with you out of everyone um and and if you listen to our podcast you know that Julian Weigel is is somebody that you know we appreciate at least I do uh but out of everyone he's probably the one guy that's come out of this break in the best period of form
1: yeah that just from these early performances that we've seen that uh night and day uh performances from uh Weigel when he first started, uh, February and March with the uh, squad, you could tell he was still getting used to the team, used to uh, the league here. But um, you can tell he was—he was either watching videos or he was putting in the work uh, during uh, the COVID uh, season because this guy's uh, come ready to play, and and you can tell the talent that uh, that is there with the the player uh, and that Benfica purchased from uh, from Dortmund. So. I guess that's why, like you said, uh, you were Cristiano said uh, somebody's got to sit between Gabriel Tarapte and uh, Weigel, and uh, Laj went with uh, Tarapte and Weigel for this match.
0: Yeah, and and Cristiano, um, there's there's been some talk on um, Weigel and the way that Laj hasn't played, uh, and there was some some folks, and I, I I tend to kind of swing that way that uh, Laj's was somewhat restricting. Uh, as to what Weigel could do. Uh, We now see him doing a little more, not being as positional. Uh, There's some verticality to his passes. Do you see a change in the way that Weigel is playing as opposed to when we went on a pause?
2: Totally different, as you just said. He's got a lot more freedom. He's able to 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 you know move up the field with the, with ease and 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 basically just roam around, do what he has to do in order to get to to maximize his uh, his potential for that one game. As we talked about, all fair, Alfredo. Um, seems to me that Brun is one of these coaches that allows. Uh, the media, or podcasts, whomever, anyone with blogs. It seems that he allows people's opinion to sway his opinion. Um, and who knows? Maybe he listens to our podcast. When when I tried to make the defense for, you know, the the Fez's of the world, the Florentinos, the samadis the the Vigos, the Gabriels. We've now seen four, or five different guys. All try to play that defensive center midfielder, the one guy, the one that, the, the one, the, obviously we play with two guys side by side, but the one that's more defensive, right? And every single one of them pretty much plays the same way, which is just clog up holes, get the ball, and get rid of it as close as, as quick as possible, and forget about even trying to thread a pass upfield. That's not what we're asking you to do. Don't carry the ball. And so after a while, it just started to, 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 to be, you know, become a recurring, a recurring theme, which was, as I just stated, don't don't risk it, and maybe Lodge listened to us. And now during the break, he allowed, he decided to allow Vigo to have a little bit more freedom, and he told him, you know what, we're gonna take the shackles off of you, and uh, uh, we're in such desperate need—one win in ten games. Right now, it's all hands on deck. Vigo, if you got to go forward, go forward. I'm not going to try to restrict you anymore because, obviously, what I've been doing has not been working. And so, again, as I said, maybe listen to uh, someone's podcast, mine, ours, I should say, ours, uh, or someone else's, and maybe that influenced them in some sort of way, in a positive way here because Vigo's been absolutely uh, the one guy that's, that's come out of this, as you said, Alfredo, looking squeaky clean. The guys, um, it, we, we mentioned, he got subbed off against Tondela. We still don't understand why. He was the best player on the field. Uh, so hopefully he he continues and he carries this form uh, for the what the remaining eight games. Yeah,
0: uh, look, uh, looking at this first half, it was not a, a, a bad first half for Benfica. I think they came out and looking to to answer. There was some high pressure trying to get the ball back. Um, I think that uh, the second goal is somewhat fortuitous. Uh, as the defender uh, missed the interception and uh, Andre Almeida is able to get behind him. Uh, but it was a nice play for a PT goal for the first goal. Um, but then the team goes into the locker room uh, and I'm not really sure what, what happens in the locker room. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if some cartoons are put on, super wings are put on. I don't know what happens in the half. I don't know what's said in the locker room. The point is that when the team comes out for, for the second half, and we've seen this time and time again this season, uh, and this also goes back to the Rivitória days, it's just, it's a totally different team. It's, it's like the guys that were playing uh, stayed on, in a locker room, and, and there's imposters dressed up as Benfica players uh, that come out on the field. Um I have a hard a hard time figuring out what's going on.
2: I I'm I'm laughing because I, normally I'm the guy that's out here with the sharp knife, trying to cut everyone to pieces. And Alfredo, like, you're, you're ready to go, bro. You brought your, your shotgun, done, man. You brought your knife. And it's like, we're going to skip over the very little. I mean, it wasn't much. But they, they you know, they did some good things in the first half. Uh, and I can't believe that I, I'm laughing because I can't believe I'm the one that's trying to put a positive spin on things here in the first half because I got plenty to say about halftime in the second half. But, you know, uh, I'm just surprised. And Alfredo, you're like, yeah, they scored two goals. Cool. Let's get the knife out and let, <laughs> let's chop this dude up to pieces. No, because That's all I like.
0: The, the thing is that um, I'm seeing things in, in Brunelage that really remind me of, of the, the months on end that we suffered with Rui Vitoria. Uh, that we saw no end in sight. The problem with Lage is that Rui Vitoria used to be ugly, but at least he used to get the results. With Lage... He can't even get the results, uh, never mind playing an attractive style of, of football. Uh, and I just think at this point that Laj is out of his depth. And if he got fired tomorrow, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it.
2: Wasn't it on last week's podcast where I went off on a tangent? We're talking about, look, Alfredo, neither one of us has, St- uh, Dave, neither one of us has coaching badges. But yeah, we could identify what's going on. I, I think it was just a week ago. That we said this, and then just fast forward maybe five, six days later, and we go into a game into Puerto a game that in the first half nothing spectacular by any stretch of the imagination, but enough, enough to have a nice, comfortable two nothing lead going into the halftime. At no point did you ever think, you know what, you better count your blessings because here in the second half, bro, your ass is going to be tight as you know because we're not going to be able to breathe, we're not going to be able to get out of our own half, and that's, I mean, we, none of us could even when. Even when Paulo Sergio, which I believe is his name, the head coach from Prudina, was making two substitutions, coming out of the locker room to start a second, not even then. I thought these two guys, like two kids are going to get some playing time, you know, against Benfica is good experience. They absolutely turned the game around. And again, we hate to sound repetitive. We hate to be negative, but it's just repeat, man. Rinse and repeat what we say and just how in the world is it possible that Benfica has a comfortable lead going into the half in teams with way lesser – I mean, caliber of play? Forget about it. They, they're not even on the same planet, the players on Proteam. team. Maybe one or two. But besides that, the rest of the guys don't belong on the field with the rest of the Benfica uh, the team. This is a team that's fighting for relegation, a team that has the least amount of goals in, uh, in the campeonato, I believe. So I think they average the, the yeah, least amount of
0: goals. That's 17, 17
2: goals scored up until this game. I think they have like two points, whatever. It was points or point 0.6, whatever it was. I think it was 0.6, whatever. It was like the worst numbers across the board in, in, in the League of North, as far as goals go. And they're able to turn this around. They're able to make adjustments at halftime. Where our coaching staff, again, last week, didn't we talk about them not using the video? Them not using their, 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 their huge – they have a bunch of guys, a huge amount of, of, of data guys that they have spread out throughout the stadium, analyzing players, their vests, and checking out players' the statistics. The ta, 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 ta. It seems like we have all that just to look pretty, but we don't use it. At least Brunelage doesn't use it because the only time that Brunelage has been able to overturn some type of results has been by telling them that his wife was pregnant. And obviously, you know, that, that takes another nine months. Then a couple months rest and then started back up so I don't think his wife's gonna get pregnant anytime soon so I don't think he used that line at least anytime in the near future so things are very bleak man It just he looks as you said Alfredo he looks like a deer in the headlights he looks like um whether look he he looks like he doesn't belong and then the thing is this you want to defend the guy uh and then you listen to the players as Alfredo, you you talked about this right away last week, post-game press conference that Almeida comes out and he says, well, you know, we do everything that's asked of us. We do exactly what the coaching staff wants to. That's I mean, if that's not throwing the coaching staff under the bus, I don't know what is. And so he's either not getting the message across to the players. The players have tuned them off, which means he's got to go or He. He's not able to make these adjustments that we talk about. He's not able to identify these adjustments. The the little changes that you have to make, like the Paulo said, just with a bunch of burros going up against, you know, in a a horse race against a bunch of horses. And he's not able to identify that. So, therefore, he's not caliber for Bifika. He's got to go. We thank you for everything you've done. Appreciate your, you know, getting us the championship back last year and and having that tremendous turnaround. Thank you. But, my man, it's, it's not working out. It's not working. out, And I could and I keep going, I'm afraid, but I want not let you guys jump in because there's so much more I got to say about this, and I, and I will get it. But, you know, I've been talking now for, what, 10 minutes, it seems like. Let you guys jump in, and then, and then I'll hop back in.
1: So there's a stat there. Uh, Benfica started off the first 20 minutes of the second half with only 27% possession, right? So right there, uh, you want to talk about halftime talks or halftime uh, adjustments. Looks like they, they made no adjustments and just – uh, decided to sit back and uh, think that they could just uh, hold on to this lead. But 27% possession within the first 20 minutes of the second half. And Portimenez finished the uh, the match with uh, 53% uh, possession, 53% against uh, Benfica's 47% uh, possession. So uh, night and day second half uh, compared to the first half uh, from this performance from Benfica.
0: Dave, is it safe to say that Brunelage has probably been outcoached by the majority of the coaches in Liga Nosh? Yeah,
1: I, that's very safe to say it. And I think we can uh, give all the credits to uh, Sergio Conceição, who probably gave him a template to uh, to go by. And then these co- these other coaches in the league uh, have also made their own adjustments. It, it, it's just mind-boggling that these other, these other co- coaches from these smaller clubs in Portugal are able to to see the uh, Benfica's weaknesses and flaws and make the adjustments to uh, attack those weaknesses. But yet we're still here. Um, same coach. I, I really feel like we're talking about Vitoria again. That's the, the very <laughs> scary part. But um, yeah, two back-to-back coaches where it seems like we're, we're getting outcoached uh, within our own league. We're not even talking about Champions League, Europa League. We're talking about our own Portuguese league here. where The monk Yeah, league. the Monkush, Yeah, like we used to call them Monkouj, but now we struggle against these uh, same Monkouj. So very, uh, very scary uh, times here.
2: Look, I'll, I'll even defend the guy by saying I don't want to put it all on him, right? It Because he might have an idea, but it just seems like for whatever reason, and, and Alfredo and I talked about this, and, and I don't know if Alfredo wants to get into it or not, but it seems as if the players have absolutely tuned them off. Um, something had to happen from last year to this year where last year you saw the players loved him. He instilled confidence in every single one of our players. Every time you saw Florentino, he had his arm around him on the sidelines. And you could tell these guys were willing to run through a brick wall for him. And this year it seems like, yeah, we're good. And, you know, Alfredo mentioned the acquisition of, 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 of Um That maybe that, that changed the locker room. Alfredo, get, get into that a little bit.
0: Yeah, look, I, I think that there's uh... – there's a, a, a definite turning point in the season, uh, and I believe that it coincides with uh, Julian Weigel's uh, arrival. Uh, right, so uh, Cristiano has spent mm-hmm. some time with the team, um, probably uh, closer than any one of us uh, when they were here. Cristiano knows from observing that there's certain clicks within the team. Uh, of guys that hang out together, guys that get along better than others, um, and and some of the core of those guys is Pizzi, Ruben uh Almeida, all guys that do, well, especially Almeida's got captain status. Pizzi is also probably a subcap, a sub captain, if I'm not mistaken. He's been a captain, but here here's a, a guy coming in, and also don't forget, um, Julian Weigel comes in. That means that Samadis loses a spot. That means that Florentino loses a spot, right? So Samadis holding the importance that he has in the locker room with Julian Weigel's arrival, he goes moves further down on a pecking order. How does that sit with some of these leaders of the locker room, some of these pillars? And and that's that's what I'm trying to, to figure out and put together. But it does seem that there's a, a Turning point in the season that coincides with Weigel's arrival.
2: Look, we saw last year was overturned the seven point deficit due to uh, the infusion of the young players. Not just also. the young players, not just you're you're right, but not just those. More more precisely, Florentino and Samaris. When they were inserted into the lineup, the team took off from there. And it seems like from the beginning of the season, those guys weren't really counted on. And that might have rubbed some people the wrong way. Like, wait a minute, these guys, we, we, we helped, you know, give you this, this, this big name, this, this next new big thing. You know, you got our good friend, uh, Vaquero, Filippo, you know, writing freaking poems for this guy due to the hard work of these guys that are still here. And now you're not even looking at these guys as an option. And then, right. Vigel comes in and now like Alfredo said, now these guys start losing places. Now all of a sudden you're not even going from, being concussed, being on a bench now you you're straight in the in, in 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 the in the stands. You're not even dressing. You're not even stepping on the field. So I think, look, man, there might be something to that. It just seems like the players have absolutely tuned them off. You saw the performances last year going into the, the dragon losing one zero. Early on, and then overturning the score, coming away with a 2-1 to victory and, and overtaking the lead and then never uh, relinquishing the lead again for the rest of the season. Uh, you saw the phenomenal performance. The youngest team ever, been Benfica, I think, might have been um, the youngest team they've ever uh, fielded, going into Istanbul and beating, uh, what was it, Galatasaray on the road? Uh, yeah. with such a tremendous young lineup. And so, you know, they made the nice run uh, in the Europa league against uh, Frankfurt. And then obviously second game, I don't know what that'll happen is as, as, if they were told, you know, forget it. Don't even attempt to play here. But the fact of the matter is that he had some nice results. It seemed like we had some confidence. It seemed like he knew what he was doing. All of a sudden he looks absolutely lost. So, uh, look, I know there's some people that are listening. They're going to be like, you know, come on, give the guy a break. Look what he's done. You know, if he was bad, we wouldn't overturn the seven-point lead last year. You're right. So, therefore, Alfredo, I'm sticking with the the players that have tuned them off. I just think yeah. he's lost the locker room.
1: Well, here's so another – the players – sorry, if the players have tuned them out, how much responsibility has to fall on these players then? Because it seems like they also – did the same thing with Vitoria as well, right? Same, same group of guys that have now tuned out two, two coaches within a span of less than a year. So when, did, when does the responsi- responsibility fall on the, the that, players as well? That's
2: a great question, because I told Alfredo this, and I'll tell you if I'm lying. I said, you know, who the hell are these guys? I mean, if it's Zinedine Zidane, Luis Figo, Ronaldo, okay. But we're talking about guys that are lucky to be playing at Benfica let alone at a big team. They're lucky to be playing at Benfica. These guys are the half of this roster, as we've stated here 50,000 times, and you guys always thought I was harsh, which is half of this roster does not belong on a Benfica team. They, don't, they shouldn't wear the jersey. They're not Benfica caliber. And everybody yeah. always thought I was crazy. But these guys, the, the audacity to think that, there's, you know, that they could just run coaches out, yes, that, that rubs me the wrong way as well, Dave. So yeah,
0: I agree it's like the 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 madmen are running the asylum right rather than the other way around um and Cristiano mentioned something last week that that kind of that uh, stuck with me uh and that it kind of plays out into this whole thing right um last year uh at the end uh there was a lot of public um statements by the players after they won the championship saying Oh, we never doubted ourselves. You know, the the value was always here. How do how do we know that when Rui Vitória was was uh, was sacked, the players felt hurt in their pride because they were being questioned. So that kind of played into when Lage took over. The players felt hurt in their pride, and as a result, they started playing. Yes. Having a Joan Felix is going to help tremendously, but it's hard to fathom that one player is going to make that much difference. So what happened between last season and this season that Laj seems over his head and he seems to have lost um, also the, the squad? Uh, because you look at the squad and you look at sometimes the intensity and, and, and what they're doing, and it doesn't really seem like these guys are into it. The second half, 45 minutes of watching this, it was like watching a train wreck in slow motion. You're watching the train coming, and you're watching it coming, you're watching it coming, and boom, first goal. Boom, second goal. Two goals from dead ball situations. I mean, for for Christ's sake, Benfica has a coach that specializes in dead ball situations. That gets off, off, gets up off the bench in dead ball situations and organizes the defense or shouts, shouts out uh, commands and instructions to the defense. When you have somebody that's a specialist, should you really be allowing goals in dead ball situations? But I'm that afraid, often, weren't
2: we, weren't we good in that category last year, as far as defending scoring goals off a corner kick? We were. Stuff? We were good. So what happened? I don't know. That coach, is he not standing up anymore? Is he sitting down the whole time? Does he not stand up? I don't – you know, I haven't noticed. Do, haven't do they noticed. not practice this? I mean, the one thing, as we know, both teams are atrocious. I'm not trying to throw stones here. But Porto is just – I mean, look, between them and Benfica, you don't know who's worse. But the, the only reason why Porto is where they're right now is because they've been tremendous with their set-piece situations. They're really good at it. Benfica, it seems, it seems that not only are they not scoring as many opportunities, but the biggest problem is they're not defending it. We can't defend, forget a set piece. We can't defend the cross into the box. It's atrocious.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, there's a lot of blaring things or glaring things here that, that jump out that signals that something is not right. Um, and, you know, I, I've been at this long enough I've seen Benfica go through coaches I've seen these periods and it certainly is something that I've seen this movie before um and and this championship this is a hold my beer championship because uh when Benfica's bad Porto's like hold my beer when Porto's bad Benfica hold my beer and it's just It's just one of the worst played championships that I've ever seen um, throughout the history of me following Portuguese football, which has been a lot. Um, I understand that COVID in this pause didn't help, but certainly even up to the pause, it's been pretty bad. If Benfica had been as consistent as they were before the winter break, we could have been celebrating the championship much like Bayern is celebrating it tonight. But look,
2: I'm I, I starting. I hate to say I told you so, right? But again, go back. I don't know if it was last week's podcast, the week before, where I said the only reason why this guy is still at the helm is because of how bad Porto's been. Because if Porto had shown any consistency and Benfica is now seven, eight, nine, 10 points behind, I, I think this conversation, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. I, I think the decision would have been made to let him go. But the fact that they are, I mean, not just they, we're doing it as well. Every time they can step on our throat, they ease off. Every time we can step on their throat, we ease off. It's just the fact that Porto is garbage, it's giving this guy life. Now, if Benfica tomorrow go out, and hopefully they do, look, I'm never going to root for them to lose. But if they go out, then they're tied at points. And then, and then the seven games after that, and, and, you know, whatever, anything can happen. Obviously, we've seen. But Benfica's not out of it by any stretch of imagination. Now, imagine, which hopefully is the case, he's able to hold on, and Benfica's able to squeak out this championship. He's coming back next year, and then we'll be having these same conversations again next year, which, again, look, I'm hoping. (laughs) Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not rooting against it. I'm hoping we are having these conversations. But in reality, I'm hoping that he does overturn this. He he finds a way to hang on and and, and get this championship away from these clowns. And then Aurelius Luis Lupieta, really looks at this in the offseason and does what Lodge and company are not doing, which is look at video and analyze things the proper way and realizes that – Look, nice guys are nice guys, but I need a guy that's able to run my club. I need a guy that's able to get me wins. I need a guy that's able to improve my players, which we haven't had that since so-and-so left, okay? We need someone that's going to come in and get all these guys up against the wall let them know, look, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've accomplished. On my team, the people who, struggle, the, the people who put in the work are the guys that are going to win. You got a guy like Ruben Amorim at Sporting. I'm not trying to talk about anyone else, but – He just pretty much benched one of their leaders, which is Matthew that came from Barcelona. I don't even think he dressed him. I don't even think he called him up to the matchday squad because he wasn't practicing. He wasn't putting in the work at Brandon. He said, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. And it seems like we've gotten away from that at Benfica. That demand of having to be the best weekend, having to be the best at practice, having to work to wear that shirt. It seems like there are some prima donnas on this team that – no matter what yeah. happens, no matter how good you play, how bad you play, you're going to play the very next game.
0: Yeah, and as we criticized the uh, Lages on Twitter, there was somebody, if, and please forgive me for not remembering, somebody said that Lages left his balls in Turkey uh, in that game. And ever since, he hasn't had any balls. I mean, where where is your balls to sit the prima donnas? Pizzi has been horrible. And, and yes, I guess you can make the case of saying, "Oh, you know, he scored and and he gave an assist to Almeida, which I, I have no idea what he was trying to do there. Uh, if a defender had done his job, he would have definitely intercepted the ball. Um, but he has just been horrible. Aside from those two little moments or one moment and a half, he loses the ball, trips over the ball, trips over them over himself, falls down, open his arms, asking for a foul." where's Laj, where's his balls and his courage? Uh, Because certainly if he has courage to leave Samaris off the the field and off the bench, which Samaris, as everyone knows, is a pillar in his locker room and is as big as a leader as anyone on this team, he feels and bleeds Benfica. If you have the balls to leave Samaris out, you should have the balls to leave Pizzi out and the guys that are not performing. And look, I don't have anything against Pizzi. It's just, let's call a spade a spade. If you're not playing well, sit the bench, give a
2: chance to somebody else. I'll okay, two different criterias here. One, one, is. Samaris. let's not forget. Samaris was on his way out the door last year until Lodge comes in and inserts him into starting 11. And then even it went all the way to the end for him to renew his contract. I mean, he wasn't, like I said, Noel one in PZ is. PZ is, you know, national team player. He's the guy that shows up for the photos. He's a pretty boy. He knows that his spot is is reserved. Samadis, on the other hand, that wasn't the case. And I think they were pretty happy. They were content, not happy, but they were content with him walking out the door until he showed how important he was. Now, in Lodge's defense, man, and I can't believe I'm defending him What, third or fourth time here, Dave. But Elijah's defense, I keep hearing this thing about Samadis. Somebody. Somebody, somebody's the few times that he did play this year, he was in the last game that he played, he wasn't particularly good. I mean, look, he, is he a leader? Yes. Does he feel this? Yes. Is he a guy that's going to rah-rah and motivate everybody? Yes. But the few chances that he's gotten, he hasn't exactly blown those chances out the park. He's been, you know, he struggled a bit. He struggled a bit. So I just, yeah. I don't want to say, oh, you bench him, but you don't bench PZ. Look. Two different players. At the end of the day, Alfredo, you, I know, Dave, you probably heard me say this, but Alfredo, you've definitely heard me say this plenty of times with, with players on other teams and other leagues and everything. You can't take out certain players, uh, especially when the game's coming, you know, down to crunch time, because those players have the ability to end the game or change the game with one touch. And, no, PZ's not at the level of the Messi's of the world, the Ronaldo's of the world, but at Benfica, he's at that level at Benfica, because our roster is not full of studs. So whether you like it or not, he is a player that he'll you know mess up for 89 minutes, and then he might get the ball and, and come up with one of those magician passes that he had against the Almeida, where the defend the swing and miss, and then we're going to give him credit. But he could come up with crap like that. And so there's not many guys on Benfica that could do that. So I think that's why they coddle him. That's why he knows his spot is going to be reserved. I was actually surprised they took him out against Dondella. Um, but it's two different criteria. I but, think Samadis is a guy, it's so peasy, he's on the upper echelon as, as far as the, 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 the seniority on the team, you know, the respect on the team.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, we've often heard of coaches riding the hot hands. You also got to be able to recognize when a guy is, is in a bad period of form. Uh, so whatever you have to do to get that guy back on track, uh, if it's 15 minutes on the bench, if it's a half on the bench, you, you do it, uh, because otherwise the. And I understand what you're saying, Chris. These guys could be difference makers, especially at the at the Liga Nord level.
2: Uh, but you have to recognize when it, the guy's do not that. doing well. He did that. I mean, if you if you're gonna go by that, he did that. He took him out against Ondella, right? Took him out and then he comes back and he scores a goal and he has a, a lucky assist in the first half in the very next game so theoretically that worked it just second half uh i don't think i mean i think the team stayed in the locker room lazar included they they took a nap they went to they went to sleep and they did not come back out for the second half so i mean he so According to what you're saying, Alfred, he did do that. He benched him, and then he, he actually performed in the first half. Had a nice goal, had that lucky assist. He was involved in things. And then in the second half, it was just a thing. I'm not trying to defend PZ because you guys know if there's a player on the team, I'm not to it's him. But the whole team went to sleep. And, and I don't want to hear about, oh, you know, Grimaldo, who, by the way, is out for the rest of the year with uh, some. Did he sprain it or tear his yeah. ligament?
0: I think it sprained. Uh, he's going to be out for at least two months.
2: Okay, and, and Jardel also, by the way, got hurt, left and injured, and I know I'm afraid you're going to go over those things, and I'm sorry to yeah. step on your thoughts. But uh, look, don't give me that, oh, you know, we lost Grimalu. No, Benfica was already being dominated in the second half yeah. before Grimaldi even got hurt. We, we struggled. That is something that I will never be able to understand and comprehend how a team like Portimenez with Paulo Sergio is able to make these adjustments and come out and totally – Demolishes. This is not, you know, Barcelona or Bayern Munich or Borussia Dortmund. This this ain't Sporting. I mean, not even Sporting as bad as they are. But it's not even. Sp- this is Portimares. And this happens week after week, right? Season after season, and it's unacceptable. At some point, yep. whoever's in charge, right? Whether it's costa Luis Enrique, they have to look at this as, as, as you know, something that we don't want to have repeated itself so year after year man
0: yeah look to me it's not acceptable um and and i could care less what our, what Aurelius knows about football but i certainly know what Rui Costa knows about football and i i certainly know what Rui Costa knows about what Benfica's DNA is and Benfica's DNA is not to be uh pressed and suffocated by Portimonense by the tondelas of the world that 's not Benfica 's DNA, so when you sit there and you watch this and you are not upset about this then then something's wrong because Ru out of everyone should be the first guy to say something needs to be done because this is not benfica i this is not benfica 's identity this is not benfica 's DNA this is not who Benfica is um and regardless, regardless of the pause, regardless of, of, of what happens, we constantly see coaches making changes and putting Benfica against the ropes. And Benfica shouldn't be put against the ropes by any team in the Liga 1.
2: Perhaps one or two, if that. Ironically enough, Alfredo, believe it or not, that's not the thing that I'm even the most pissed off about. About that, I'm not even the most pissed. I'm pissed off about the tie, but I'm not the one thing that I'm most pissed off about is the post game comments. Yeah, like. Yeah, and it's it That's is. Like, you know, you want to go go through them, I'm afraid? I'm dude. I know, and I'm all over. I don't the want place. to go
0: through them because I just I just want to forget them, really. Because at this point, point yeah, but it's we have to laughable. talk about
2: them, and because to me, what he's doing is rubbing mud on my face. You know what I mean? He's he's really yeah.
0: You know. It, you know it it's like the that that uh, the ministry of defense the the Iraqi ministry of defense that said oh, everything's okay and you could see the bombing going out in the back and it's just he has a hard time coming out and admitting the team is not playing well we need to do something no he tries to find as many positives and there's very very little positives to grab onto he tries to find as many positives as possible to talk about. He even makes a shit.
2: No, but that's, but look, but I don't even look. I, he's trying to keep it positive. Great. But his comments about, I took a walk to the beach with the president. and oh, yeah. I didn't see any, <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh, that okay. would com- because obviously, as, as, as you know, look, anyone who listens to the podcast understands and knows the heat is on them, right? Not by us, but throughout the world media and Benfiquistas around the world, and rightfully so, because we have not gotten the performances. And then he comes out and he says, uh, you know, I talked to the president. We went for a walk on the beach and uh, we don't see any thunderstorms on our rise. Something like, like everything is fine. Like he's mocking us, man. And like, like you're mocking my intelligence as a Benfiquista. Yeah. And again, you want to keep things positive? Great. But now, when you're going out of your way to purposely, you know, man, I don't like that. That, to me, you got to have a conscience. As you said before, Rick Costa understands, he needs to know what it means to be Benfica. he needs to know that we don't play like... A coach of Benfica needs to know that you can't talk to Benfica's like that as well, because okay. you're like straight rubbing mud on my face and calling me stupid. Yeah, a conscience. Yes, a conscience, I agree. But above
0: a conscious, you got to have the respect for the institution. You got to have the respect for the fans. You got to have a respect for the club, for the history of the club. Um, And let me give you, I'll give you a little bit of context in terms of of what it was said. So, in a post game conference, uh, I believe there was a a journalist that asked him uh, if he felt that his job was secure. Uh, And he said, Oh, yeah. Uh the president and I spoke. We uh looked at the ocean and the ocean is calm. Um to give everybody some context, Luis Felipe Vieta did not go uh to the game. He was not present at the field. This conversation happened before this result. Uh so certainly Luis Felipe Vieta can't be happy with everything that's going on, especially on an election year. Um but it's just it's just like Cristiano says you are you serious? Are you clowning to my face uh it's just i don't know it's not acceptable to me as a Benficaista and as somebody like many others uh that spends a lot of time following the team that spends a lot of time thinking about the team that dedicates uh some time to when sometimes um time should be dedicated to family or more important things but i'm i'm spending it doing a podcast or i'm spending it watching a miserable game you should have more respect for benfica uh, fans and i don't think he does dave what, what what do you think man what do you think of all this thing is
1: are you done with lages uh I'm done with Lodge because the players aren't uh, responding to him, but uh, I'm also going to hold the players uh, accountable to this because this is now, this is now the second coach within a a less, barely a span of a year where we're seeing the the same shit being pulled from them. But it's just funny that we went, we almost did a full 360. We we went uh, within the last 10 minutes there. We had our pitchforks out for Lodge. Then when, when, uh, went after the players trying to, uh, not put all the blame on Laj, but then after these uh press conference uh remarks we've we've got the pitchforks right back at the Lodge. so we 've done a whole three hundred sixty here within the last uh ten minutes uh with uh with Lodge. but he 's just got to go because the the players have tuned him out they 're not responding to him at this point, which is uh unfortunate um, but uh, at some point, these players also be have to be held yeah. accountable and if it it is. Um, a guy like Pizzi, maybe we have to, uh, cut loose, sell him. but, uh, and if there are these so-called, uh, clicks within the locker room and they're not going to respond to, uh, any coach because this is now the second coach that they're on. And if, uh, if, uh, like you said earlier, the, uh, the inmates running the, uh, the, the prison, as soon as times get rough, they just tune out, uh, their leader, their, their manager, that that's not a that's, those are not the type of players that I want to build my my squad around either.
0: Yeah, okay. and You know, I'll ask you this, and, and we'll, we're gonna wrap up this this subject. But uh, um, during Luisão's tenure, uh, something that Luisão always was is he was kind of um, the the link uh, between the coach and the team. Uh, right. So he served as a, a buffer. He was the leader of the team, but he also uh, had a commitment to the coach uh, to be able to lead the team um, and really motivate his, his, his teammates based on what the coach wanted. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I, if I remember correctly, JJ said at one point that Louis Zone was an extension of him on the field. Um mm-hmm. Without – I mean, when we look at the captains for this team this year, right, we look at a Jardel who has barely played, is probably not the he's most – He's probably the
2: nicest guy on
1: the yeah, team, but yeah, he's not that, the most – Yeah, right. he's, he's, not
0: not, he's not the most outspoken guy in the locker room. Then you have Almeida, okay? And Almeida is really uh, – I don't know if he's a leader. He's just been at Benfica. He has a long tenure at Benfica. Um, but when your captain, right, comes out in a press conference and says, "Well, we did what was asked of us," your own captain is saying this. So instead of instead of acting like uh, uh, the link between the coach and the team. He's, he's clearly stating that there's a divide there
2: between the players and the coach. Instead of, instead of accepting responsibility, right. he's deflating it. He's like, oh, whoops, well, we, we're doing everything we right. can. And look, Jardel is – I'm telling you, you, you see him in some games and he's flying, throwing elbows, and he's getting his head in there and chopped up, and he's got bandages. He looks like a warrior, but he's nice guy, soft-spoken. You know, he might yeah. have to raise his voice when he has – but again – he doesn't play a lot lately because of injuries, soft-spoken, so he's not the guy to go to. Almeida is the type of guy that the kids from the Seychelles, he does have their ear, but the rest of the guys, it's federal Weeks in a row. The guys that come from the outside looking at this guy like, come on, man, how are you even here? <laughs> and you know. <laughs> so, I mean, the one guy, there's two guys potentially. is busy because of where he's done in the Portuguese team, And then Ruben because of... The heart and soul that he plays with, but Ruben is a youngster too. So I, it's it's a I, I, look. I'm afraid to answer you. Quite, I think it's on this team. It's more of a peasy, but peasy is you know type of guy that's gonna look out for himself when he has to. It seems like.
0: Well, would you say that Samadis has the type of personality to be a leader? Uh, on, so absolutely. In the he yeah,
2: he does. And look, I told you, I, I told you when I when I spent the you know I spent the time I did with them. I told you that he was the guy. That it seems like that the team was, you know, Louise was there at the time as well. but it seemed like Samadis was the guy that the team gathered around and, you know, he's giving everybody the pep talks. And again, this is was, I wasn't in the locker room with them all the time, especially when it came to heated stuff. But I got to see the practices and you know I was I was in the locker room and so look it it seems like he has the personality, but you have to be playing and he's not even in the locker room when he's in the stand. Yeah. It's well, not, not even able to get into the players' ears. And, and, and that's push the
0: them. other thing. The uh the camera cut to where Samadis was, and he's absolutely going out of his freaking mind uh in the stands. He was he was so upset by what he was seeing. And and much like what we were seeing as fans, this this slow motion train wreck uh that he just cannot believe. Uh, and I think that. Benfica is missing a true leader on a field that's going to rally the troops, regardless of whether or not they believe the coach or regardless or, or not, there's a disconnect. There should be a leader on the field that rallies the troops and said, hey, we're Benfica. This is who we are, and this is how we behave. And this, we're not going to let Portimãones, we're not going to let Tondela step all over us because we're light years above them. And it it seems to me that you're missing a player on this team, and even on the field, that could be that type of person uh, to rally the, the the players around, despite the the disconnect with the with the coach.
2: But it shouldn't even come to that. It shouldn't even come to, we're not going to allow, we're better than Porto man. we're not going to allow him to step up. It should be, we embarrassed ourselves last year. We got one win in nine games. We need to step up. We need to grab this campeonato and take the lead. That's what it shouldn't even, you know what I'm trying to say, Alfred? Yeah. It just seems like there's nobody doing that. Now, as far as Samadis goes, he's either the biggest Benficaista in Portugal or he's a hell of an actor and he deserves an Oscar. Oh, he's, he's up <laughs> there, man.
0: He's up there. And I think like – Last year, when they renewed him, I think that a lot of that renewal and the reason to renewal came from uh, the pressure from the fans and the popular outcry for him to renew. Uh, because had he not been the the popular guide that he
2: was, he probably would have end up like. Uh, do you guys remember? You guys remember what my thoughts were when we renewed him, Dave? Do you remember? I I think I even got into a conversation with it here on Steve because Steve joined us at the beginning of the season, if you you recall. Well, you're a new man. You don't play him. I said, if you're not going to play him, this was a terrible decision by Mifika because he's in the top 10 probably salary-wise. And look, I'm nothing against the guy. But if you're not going to play him, if you made the decision, because remember, it was all Florentino and preseason everything. If you're not going to play Samadis, why in the hell renew him for another four years? Just makes no sense. And now you see, he's not even part of the squad. The day, you know, the, the day squad. He's part of, you know, he's up on the stands. You know, he might make the 22 or whatever it is. He gets called up to a game. But then when it comes to the final 18 or what is it? What do they carry now? They carry another two, right? 20 now. How many do they carry yeah. now to game? They added two because of the actual two sub- substitutions, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's 20. Okay. So he's not even making. Like he didn't even make the, the final 20 last year. I mean, last week he's in the stands. So. Look, I like some I, I think he has something to add to this team. But if he doesn't start playing, you know, soon, this is going to be one of those deals you look back and you wish you would never sign. Dave,
0: um, some stats on this game, uh, and then we could uh, move on to uh Preview and Yeah,
1: let me bring these back up here. So, uh, never in Benfica's history have they con uh, had five consecutive draws. Uh, the Previous four. Uh, the previous record was four, and it was in 1964-65. So, uh, and a historically bad uh, record that they've just uh, just uh, occurred this past week. Uh, one win, six draws, three defeats in their last ten. I think that stat's uh, been uh, beaten with the by a dead horse. There, one win in their last uh, six away games. Uh, since the Clásico against Porto, Benfica has uh, only has lost 14 out of a possible uh, 21 points, um, and uh, Benfica has only got 13 points from the second half of this season. So, uh, I believe it was uh, Match Football that uh, put up the table there that uh, if the uh, the table based on the second half of the season, and Benfica would be in ninth position uh, with 13 points just from the second half of the uh, the season. Uh, this year
0: yeah and you also have Benfica has blown two plus goal leads four times already this season Leipzig, yep. Vitorit, Stubo, Shakhtar and Putim so I, I, I mean I, I, I struggle to find words uh, that are not uh, angry and they're going to be constructive but I'm having, I'm having a hard time the um, last time for me uh, has come uh, regardless of whether or not he's, he's a, a good coach and, and perhaps I'm, I'm, I'm thinking beyond that, right? Uh, because a good coach should also have a handle on the team. And right now it doesn't look like he has a handle on the team. Uh, so for all his, his expertise of X and O's and whatever video he watches, uh, whatever message he conveys, uh, he carries two markers on the sideline with the little notes and sometimes he writes in red. Sometimes he writes in black for, for all the coaching techniques and skills and acumen that he may have. If you don't have a handle on a team, which doesn't look like he has, then you, you can't be a coach at this level.
1: Simple. And you want to talk, you want to talk about renewals and Samadhi's renewal. We renewed him until 2024 as well. And at that time, that was the longest uh, extension for uh, a manager in Benfica's history. So He's got his contract until 2024,
0: Laj. Yeah. Anyway, Riwav comes up this Wednesday. Uh, That's tomorrow as we record this. 415 local. Dave, what's uh, Riwav up to this year? Uh,
1: Currently in uh, six positions uh, with uh, eight wins. Or sorry, 11 wins, eight draws, seven losses. uh, Led by uh, the man on the barbecue, uh, Carlos uh, Carvajal. Uh, historically, 46 wins, uh, 11 draws, 5 losses, and uh, the last 10, 8 wins, 1 draw, 1 loss. We already beat them uh, twice this uh, this season as well, once yeah, and, for the uh, the league and the TASA. And,
0: and Cristiano, if, if Laz has been outcoached by most of the coaches in the Liga Nosh, uh, imagine what they'll be like against Carlos Carvalho tomorrow. A guy who has championship experience that has gone against liverpool uh and other teams and oh. has set up his teams very well
2: and let's not forget I believe bruno uh Laja's brother is part of the coaching staff correct? that's correct so that's it's correct like family matter tomorrow, oh, look, I just hope things don't get too interesting. hopefully Carvalho will be uh Upset like he was. I believe it was the first time Benfica played. I remember he was upset and talking about no-da, football is not Was it was at Stadio Yeah, so. He felt hope- that he was robbed. Yeah, so hopefully <laughs> tomorrow he's bitching and complaining like that once again. He doesn't make two things too, uh, things too interesting for us Benfica uh, because, uh, as you know, I'm afraid I don't have much hair on my head and uh, yeah, I don't want to pull the rest of it off tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Dave, um, can we go through the convocados list?
1: We sure can, uh, starting with uh, three keepers. Uh, Zlobin, Odiseish, and uh, Svilar have been called up. Uh, four defenders, so better hope for no injuries uh, tomorrow. Uh, Nuno that Tavares. will be the
0: starting lineup. Yeah, the starting Tava- lineup.
1: yeah. Nuno Tavares, Tomas Tavares, uh, Ferru and uh, Ruben Diaz. Uh, for sure, that's going to be your, your back four there. Uh, your midfield, you've sure. got uh, Florentino Zivkovic. Pizzi, uh, Cervi, Weigel, uh, uh, Tarapt, Gabriel, Samaris, Rafa, and uh, Chiquinho have been called up. And then uh, your attacking players, you got uh, Gonzalo Ramush, who's uh, been called up. Uh, Diego Souza, Vinicius uh, Seferovic, and Jota uh, have uh, also been called How up. How many
0: players is that, Dave? Can you count real quick?
1: Quick three. maths, three, Christian. seven...
0: Mm-hmm. Standard, you want to you want to use that uh that joke that you uh had mentioned
2: before on Zivkovic 22 22 I said 23 okay uh yeah Zivkovic all that you know all it took was for him to get you know hitting the head with a brick in order to get called up to the to the, to the squad so uh, I wonder if you would have uh risked it early if you knew that's all it took if you would have asked uh, something <laughs> to, to hit him. The, uh, of
0: course we're 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 joking yeah but uh I mean, it, desperate time comes from desperate measures. I don't know. Maybe maybe the, the – It's sol- a
2: reward, bro. It's a reward.
0: Here maybe, you go. Maybe the solution is in Zivkovic. Maybe Zivkovic is going to start and he's going to be the guy uh, that uh, that's going to make a
2: us. He gotta come out with a bandage on his head though to look tough though. <laughs> oh, that's to send a message, like yo guys, I haven't played, but look, I'm here to, to whatever, but I'm, I'm I'm pulling through for you guys. Yeah, and so if, um, you,
1: if you don't uh, if you don't uh, remember, Zivkovic was also on the outside before during uh, Vitoria's uh, time, and that was if I'm not mistaken, when Joan Carvalho was coming in to take uh, yeah, sure, Krovinovic's yeah. spot, that didn't uh, help. Uh, that didn't uh, go well. And then Zivkovic was almost the third option. And then he did decently well. So maybe this is his time uh, to shine really this time around.
2: I thought he's really good down the second half of the season there to finish it off. I thought he played really well. And he, remember, at the time, he's playing not just uh, on the outside, but he played a lot of in the interior as one of those um, center, central midfielders. I thought he did really well. So yeah. hopefully, uh, if he does get some playing time, I don't see it. I won't be surprised if he's one of the guys that – that gets and, out but, of the But Chris, with five substitution, anything is possible. Yeah, but well it depends on yeah, it is. But it depends on the situation of the game and if the game's out of hand or under control, you got the kids, you know, the Jotas, the you got the the Gonzalo Ramos who I'm very happy to see get, get called up, even though I don't think he'll you know, he'll get to play. You got three veterans, three guys who are proven uh, that they, you know, that their goal scores throughout their career. So I, I think it'd be drastic, very drastic to see uh, a kid like Gonzalo Ramos get thrown into the game in a, in a meaningful situation over any one of those other guys. I think that'd be a slap in the face to, those, to any one of those guys.
0: Yeah. And in the, past, like yeah. Know, like in the past few seasons, we have seen a lot of guys emerge as a result of, of uh, the starting guys being hurt. Uh, Lindelof. Ederson, Anat Sanch, all guys that emerged as a result of injuries. And now with uh, Grimaldo and Jardel's uh, injury, um, let's, see, uh, let's see what happens. Obviously, Tavares is going to go to left. Ferro, who has been playing quite frequently up until the break, will be in the center of defense. But let's see, uh, see what else uh, is out
2: there. And hey, look, don't forget, Vigo and Samaris, Samaris can both play. Center back, if need be. So I know, like yeah. you guys said, call up four defenders. But those two guys can drop back, and I'm pretty sure Florentino, in, in an emergency situation, could play in the center of defense if they need be. So Cedric could play left back, uh, if if they need someone to, uh, you know, to, to hopefully that doesn't that doesn't come to this. But if they need to give the kid uh, whatever a rest or he gets injured, whatever it is, Cedric could do that position. So I mean, look, I'm not too worried about
0: it. Yeah, depth is not a problem that Benfica has. That's for sure. Um, so cristiano what are you thinking uh about tomorrow? Are you uh excited for this game? You think benfica has got this in the bag, or you think it's gonna be another uh suffer fest
2: it's gonna be another nail biter, but I' tell you last week, I said I'm not watching that crap next week, but you know what tomorrow I'll be there at the edge of my seat, hoping and praying uh that we're able to squeak out a win. And one thing that I learned from last week going into the half, when, as we said before, things look pretty comfortable, don't take things for granted, you know? Play until the fat lady sings. Yeah. well, not play, but hope and pray, I should say. Not play because I'm not hope playing. Hope and pray, until the, fat pray lady until the fat lady sings. That's what I meant.
0: <laughs> Dave, what are you thinking, man?
1: Uh, draw has been the, the result as of late, so you got to go with the hot hand. I think it's another draw. You can't, you can't, uh, like, you can't be, we can't be fooled by the uh, results that we're, we're seeing. It, it's the same result week in and week out. So, they, I haven't seen anything uh, from the, the player standpoint for them, for my mind to uh, change on this. It's going to be another draw. And if uh, Porto Monizkosh was able to make adjustments at halftime, uh, a master like uh, Carvalho. Um, should be able to make those same adjustments, if not more. So, ongoing withdrawal on this one is, again.
0: Yeah. I think this is going to be an extremely difficult uh, game for Benfica, especially if they come out and play the way they have uh, they have been playing these past uh, seven months, whatever it was, since December. Um, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. And I think that Carlos Carvalho will have a couple, uh, couple of cards up his sleeve for this uh, Benfica and and I don't know at this point uh, how much more of a leash Laj has Uh, because certainly uh, had crowds or or fans been allowed at the stadium, uh, you probably would have seen a lot of white anchor shifts by now Uh, because that's just the consensus in uh, in Benfica land. Uh, It's just that Laj is out of his depth and he's he's lost this team. So, look – I never, like Standard mentioned, I never root for Benfica to lose, uh, but certainly it's going to be, it's going to be tough. But like everyone else, I'm going to be sitting there and pulling for Benfica and being nervous and hoping that Benfica uh, is able to uh, to get the win to at least equal Porto in punch because then um, we really turn up the pressure. Because if they were two points ahead, they knew that they could spare uh, a tie and still remain in the lead. Uh, But once you're equal in points, that margin for error goes away. Uh, And from what we have seen so far in this restart of the league, um, it seems that a lot of teams are are losing points. It seems that a lot of teams are having some some problems with injuries. So uh, I think that right now, these last eight games are not going to be given uh, as we think they they should be you and I were looking at the schedule and he was saying how Porto has a much easier schedule than Benfica down this last stretch but the way things have been I don't think that it's going to be easy for anyone especially Benfica so we'll just uh go action
2: no no I I was just like yeah good job yeah. yeah uh look if you want look like, you you want to talk about the the, the of portugal the, the date has been set. august
0: first for the TASA of portugal uh i saw that that date's been set uh, hopefully uh, uh there will be no second wave of covid because i just uh, read uh, today that uh that china is shutting down again uh, because of a second wave uh so we'll just have to uh we'll just have to see also studied Luz has been selected. Uh, as the stadium to hold what the final eight of the Champions League
2: that's been announced, that's been official. I know it's been a rumor, I wasn't aware if that's been official. I think Wednesday they're meeting tomorrow and they're expecting it. They're expecting to make an announcement by I think what I heard Wednesday, so I'm assuming it's tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. is Wednesday. I'm pretty sure um, that. Uh, I, I, rumors but nothing's been official yeah i haven't seen no official statement have you dave
1: yeah no i haven't it's just been rumors up to this yeah. point but i but had also seen that uh avalad was also uh like they were going to host it between both uh stadiums there make lisbon a hub city
0: yeah but the uh the amount of traction that it has been getting in the media uh it certainly points uh that way but we'll just have to wait for the official word. word um, but uh, you know what that means Even though there's go- there's not going to be uh, Any crowds allowed in the stadium Certainly the fan base is going to travel to Portugal So we'll just have to uh, see what happens with that And, and certainly uh, COVID is something that's still very much prevalent uh, All over the world
2: Wash your hands
0: Wash your hands That's right Anyway, that's all we got uh, for this week. Next week, we'll be back. We'll uh, look back at this uh, Rewave game and look ahead to Befica's uh, next game. Uh, Befica Podcast is one of the uh, founding projects of Befica Independent. Don't forget to check out Befica and Pendent.com and all that good stuff. BeficaPodcast.com at 10CO10
2: at 87DO87. Go ahead. Before we go, I just want to send a big abraço to our good friend Flip Liz a.k.a. Vaquero, who lost his best friend, his four-legged best friend. Uh, so I just want to... Vaquero, it's a me Yep. Yep.
0: I echo those sentiments.
2: Alright. Thanks a
0: lot for uh, checking us out, listening to us. Uh, we'll be back next week. Take care, everyone. Later. Bye.